So here's the big question. How do mortgage brokers like us, who are in the trenches every single day, how do we consistently grow our business every year without working 60 hours a week? How do we get our skills and expertise out to the world and still have a life? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. I am Ryan Wiley, and welcome to the 12-Hour Broker Podcast. Good morning, 12-Hour Broker Podcast. Ryan Wiley here. West Coast Wiley, sorry. Cruising around in the Jeep. No beach again today. Can't take my dog to the beach. She's got some problems with the beach. Beach water. Not sure. We're waiting. She's missing out. I'm missing out. So instead we cruise. We get coffee and we cruise. Um, and we do the podcast. Okay, so let's jump into it. Um, so a lot of times I do... I set, well, I set these best practices in my business and there's always exception to the rule. And sometimes I break those best practices and then I get burned and I realize, ah, that's why I have that best practice in there. And so I'm going to walk you through one of the best practices I have in my business because it's an important one um, for us. I installed it a couple years back and it's helped out a lot. Um, and so here it is. Every time I have a client call, every, every pre-approval to any any person I've talked to about a mortgage goes into my phone. They get saved as a contact, their name in there, everything. And that, that helps you in a couple different ways. And this, I'll bring this full circle again. That helps like if they ever call, you can be like, hey, John. And they're like, oh, I haven't talked to you in like three years. Like, hey, man, how's it going? Hey, yeah, how's it going? You know, that's one. The bigger one is I know if I should pick up the phone or not. And so if you call me, and you are not in my contacts, I do not pick the phone up. Because if you're not a past client, a friend, a family, a lender, a BDM, like someone that I have talked to in the past and I deem important, a contractor we work with that we like, or whatever, whatever, then I just don't pick the phone up. And that helps weed out who's important and who's not. And so if it's a random number that calls and then they're like, Hey, I got your number from blah, blah, blah. They leave a voicemail or they send a text. I get that voicemail through to text. I read it and then I'll shoot them back. A text go great. Sounds good. Here's my calendar chat with Ryan.ca. Um, what's popping a call. And we funnel people through that way. But if they want to just jump on a phone call with me right then and there, it doesn't happen. They have to come through and book a call. And you're like, well, that's crazy, Ryan. Cause I've been told to always pick the phone up. And I'm here to tell you, if you actually had a spreadsheet and you tracked how many people just called you out of the blue, you pick up the phone, the amount of time you spent, and the amount of closed business dollars in your account, that correlation doesn't add up. It is a bad, bad, bad way to spend your time picking up your phone with numbers you don't know. Because if it's important enough, they're going to leave a voicemail and then they're going to book a call. And so I'm going to tell you a story. This happened on the weekend. Um, so I get a call. It's Saturday morning. I get a call and a voicemail. Or sorry, a voicemail and a text. And it says, hey, we're in a pickle here. They dropped the name of a good friend of mine who's also a realtor we do business with. And I'm like, ah. like, we bought a cottage. Can't get a mortgage now. We close in three weeks. Can you help? And I'm like, ah, okay. I'll jump on a call only because you dropped that guy's name. And I'm doing him more favor than I am you. So I jump on the call and he's like, the story is they went to CIBC, got pre-approved, 
for half a million dollar cottage. They went and bought this cottage. They went back to CIBC and CIBC said, oh, no, no bueno. Can't do it. No speak English. And not that the person was that. I'm just saying they were like confused as hell going, oh, we can't do anything. Your debt service ratios or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so now we have no mortgage. And we close in three weeks. And I said, okay, send me the docs you sent them. Let me take a look. And so I jump in that morning, take a look, because he's in a pickle. And he dropped a name. And I'm helping out. So I'm in for the phone call, because the guy talks so much. I had to like cut him off. I'm like, Bill, I'm like, I'm trying to tell you and ask questions. And you keep talking. I go, like, just, can you hear me out here? Like, this is Saturday morning. And you got me on the phone call. So let me do the talking. Okay, this is how I have talked to him because he's kind of going off the rocker here. And so I look at the docs. The TDS is like like the ratios are they're in the high 60s. I'm like, dude, there was no way you shouldn't even been putting an offer in. There's not like a dollar you could get for a mortgage here. But I worked up a snare. And the reason they couldn't was because, well, their household income is only so high, but also their payments on their principal residence, which is the only property they own was pretty aggressive because they have a low am and they're trying to pay it off rightfully so um, and i said so the way we can structure this is we do a complete new refi put the am back up to 30 years get those payments lower on paper your interest rate's three percent so we're going to cut that in half we'll make back your penalty and then some um, but even bigger than that we can get you the cottage with 20 percent down plus about another 25 30 out of your own pocket which i know you have um, here you go this works for you let's get this scenario going He's like, ah, by the way, Ryan, yeah, no, I like that, but we don't want to raise our, like, pay that, put the back three years and pay it down so long. I said, well, you can get your payments, prepayment privileges back pretty close on track, what you were. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, we, uh, CIBC uh, recommended this other person to us, and I was like, so let me just get this straight. Are you working with another person? On the, yeah, like, we're going, we're seeing what options they have, and she's working out. I said, so in the B world, I assume, yeah, and they're going to cross collateralize and this, and there's, I know there's fees and higher interest rate. And I'm like, okay, so I just want to get this straight, Bill. And it came to my attention. I recognized him as a past person that I talked to. It was more his wife that we dealt with two years ago, got them the finish line on a transfer. They stayed with CIBC, which is another podcast on why we don't do switches, and burned us. And then now in the process of burning us again, I've spent probably an hour hour and 15 minutes so far which is extremely valuable time for me especially on saturday um and so i'm very ticked off and so i'm like let me just get this straight bill you and i'll bring this full circle as to why this is part of the podcast but yeah that's loud guy in a porsche going by um nice car by the way uh let me get this straight you call me saturday i give you a superior scenario and now you're saying the people who screwed you over and gave you bad advice. First, I dealt with you two years ago. You guys left me at the altar. And now you're reaching back out. And I'm giving you a better solution than what's on the table. And now you're going to go listen to CIBC who screwed you over and but recommended this person. And now they're going to give you a horrible option. And that's the option you want to go with over mine. And he's like, I think so, yeah. And I said, Bill, lose my number, dude. I go, I jumped in to help. I go, you're obviously not listening. I'm an expert at what I do. I go, please just lose my number. And I hung the phone up. And I'm not telling you to do that because I don't do that. I, he caught me on a bad day, pissing me off with that. And I really don't do that. I play the long game and try to go, okay, but I don't want his business anymore. Um, and that won't hurt my relationship with Buddy because he'll get it. He probably knows he's a tool. Um, but anyways, the purpose of this is 
those calls that come in where people need help right now, even if it's a deal, the fact that it's a two to three week close and they're kind of scrambling and they're freaking out, which makes you kind of freak out. And then they're talking to five people because they're just like trying to find a solution and they've got different people in play. Even if that turns into a deal, the stress that that puts on you, your infrastructure, everything else, it's not worth it. And if you tracked on a spreadsheet those deals and how many actually close and what the dollar in your pocket is compared to the hours spent, it's not worth it. So if you're running, if you're firing away on, sorry about driving there. If you're firing away on deals and you're putting out fires, you're building your database marketing and you're helping out clients and you're running basically your regular days, if you're doing all that and then all of a sudden you have to go answer your phone and it's like some idiot wasting your time or someone who's not and it might turn into something, you just took all your focus away from everything you were doing and now well, what just happened there? Like your day-to-day stuff that you were doing, if that's phone calls, text, like very important stuff you need to be building your business. And you stop all that to go answer some random phone call that you're hoping is a slam dunk deal. <laughs> if you actually say it like that, you're like, oh my God, why do I do that? You're like, because I'm telling you, if you tracked all that, you'll be like, wow, that's the biggest waste of time. So I'm here to tell you, and like we build a referral business. You have to be referred in. And if you're referred in, we want a 30, 45, 60 day close. And we want eight clients. And we want, like, there's an avatar we have here. So if you're calling me last second, that means you've got a problem. And it's not like, yo, DJ, you got a problem, I'll solve it. It's like, no, book a call. And if that doesn't work for your timeline, I'm not your guy. Because I need to stay focused on what I'm doing. And there's a reason why I can only spend so much time in the mortgage business and pump out the volumes that we do is because I don't answer those phone calls. That's one of like five things, but I don't answer those phone calls. So if I sit down to go focus on database marketing for 45 minutes, there's nothing that gets in the way of that. Even if there's a fire to be put out, oh, there's a Krusty Park guy. That's another story, another podcast. There's always a Krusty Park guy. And that's that guy. Um, but there's there's always a fire to be put out. There's all like, you're taking your focus away. 45 minutes, you crush out your task, which is gonna earn you way more money down the road from doing that 45 minutes than you answering this phone call that is a phone call that is one out of 100 might be a slam dunk deal. Most of the times it's time wasters, shopping around. They don't wanna play by your rules, book phone calls. They want something now, 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 now. We don't deal with those people because they very rarely turn into business. And I just, you know, they're not coming through the process. We set up a discovery call. If you can't jump on a discovery call, I'm the gatekeeper of the business. I need to source out like who we're gonna work with. If you can't even book that and show up for a discovery call, I already know this isn't gonna work out. And so this is just from years and years and years of doing this the right way and the not right way and being burned and not being burned. I'm here to tell you, don't be burned. Set it up that way. So please, put every client into your phone because that's key. If you think about it, who's calling you? These random phone calls that you get. It's either going to be telemarketers. It's going to be people trying, other people just trying to sell you shit. It's going to be 
some random clients who got your number from somewhere, somehow, do they find you online? Probably not really. Very few of you have an online presence. And if someone found you online, I'd be kind of scared. Um, some people find us online because we got a bunch of reviews, but even those people we just don't work a lot with because it very rarely turns into business. Um, so you have to be referred in to our business, okay? Uh, so this was me just kind of explaining one of the best practices we have in our business on how I can be a 12-hour broker where I work minimal hours, crank out good volumes. Um, but this is one of those business practices that I'm going to keep. I didn't on the weekend because they threw the bat signal out and I got burned. And I sit back and go, how would I replay that? Well, you know what I do is I would send a text back to him and go, hey, Bill, spend time with my family this weekend. Much deserved time. Here's a link to my calendar, chatwithryan.ca. If you still have this issue on Monday, because there's really nothing I can do on the weekend. I can't get you further along. Uh, if you still have the issue on Monday, I'll gladly chat with you Monday morning, book a call. Um, and by that time, he would have just went and done his own thing, called eight more people and I, I, he wouldn't have booked a call and he would have saved me an hour and 15 minutes of my time. Okay, so lesson learned once again, but in the game for over 10 years, still learning lessons. I broke one of my rules. I'm not doing that again. Um, so here, I'm hoping you can take some inspiration from that. Okay, that's it kids. Um, five texts a day. Okay, peace out. This is an I Love Mortgage Brokering production.